bringing you key insights, tips, and advice from the brightest minds in the Canadian franchise industry. This is the Franchise Canada Chats podcast. Welcome to the Franchise Canada Chats podcast, where we take you into the world of franchising. Our interviews are with franchisees, franchisors, and industry leaders who give on-the-pulse expert advice and share their franchising insights and experiences. I'm your host, Lauren. This is Season 3, Episode 5. In this episode, I talked to Robert Bruski, CFO of Control-V, a virtual reality arcade franchise. Robert teamed up with his longtime friend and CEO, Ryan Brooks, and Ryan's cousin and COO, James Ellickson, to come up with a compelling and unique way of incorporating technology and virtual reality into their everyday lives. Since their launch in 2016, Robert and his team have expanded Control-V to over a dozen locations across Canada, the U.S., and Costa Rica, and are the world's largest virtual reality arcade franchise. Here, Robert shares why franchising with Control-V is a great opportunity for Generation Z members, key learnings he's picked up about owning a business, how business was affected by COVID-19, his proudest accomplishment with the brand, spoiler alert, Control-V has tons of achievements, and much more. Enjoy the episode! To start, can you tell us a little bit about Control-V and its origin story? Sure. So Control-V is uh, the world's largest virtual reality arcade franchise. Uh, So that means that uh, people come in and pay by the hour and play VR, you know, whether it's a game or an experience or an escape room or a puzzle or whatever it is. Um, And yeah, that's what we do. It's it's pretty simple, easy, easy to explain and understand. Um, But because of the concept of franchising, we've managed to become the world's largest. We're in Canada, we're in the US and we're in Costa Rica. And uh, we we may have even possibly been the first. Um, And it's it's kind of tough to tell a lot of the facilities over in Asia were more like theme parks rather than arcades. Uh, But in either case, here we are. (laughs) Awesome. And uh, can you tell us a bit more about kind of uh, the origins of how you got started? Absolutely. So we, uh, Ryan Brooks, my business partner, we make up two thirds of the the ownership. he, him and I were running another company based in the, in the Hollywood industry. It was some tech that was being applied to movies that we had patents on. And through an, a number of different scenarios, we had to pivot a bit towards gaming. And while in the gaming space, uh, we stumbled upon the fact that virtual reality was now going to become consumer ready or, you know, not something that you'd expect to be futuristic for the Matrix or NASA or, or whatever you'd see. And he's, he's big into tech and he understands how it works and he understands gaming and all that sort of stuff and he'd been following it for a while and said listen I think people could could like this like I like it and and I said well naturally I love business I love small business and and formulating the strategies behind it so let's put our heads together and kind of go down this path and so we did we brought on the last third uh, James Ellingson who's a bit more um, human resources and operational focused and we created this thing and and honestly it's been running against the wind from the beginning you know a lot of people didn't understand it Um, banks were like well what are you doing like can you just please open up like a regular burger joint just like every other entrepreneur um so even even our suppliers at the beginning were kind of like guys you know what i don't know i think this is going to be like an in-home product everyone's going to buy it it's going to be like the playstation i don't know if you're really on the right path with this virtual reality arcade stuff so we'll kind of ad hoc draft up some commercial licenses for you you know on the back of a napkin let's let's see what you do with it so that's a bit about our origin story yeah, and your your partner is more of the the tech background. Do you uh, you bring the the business experience? I guess do you still uh, 
do you still kind of test out the the VR, like the new games or, or programs that you have? And, and how, how do you feel about it? Has you Have you developed kind of a, a broader understanding, more passion for that part of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely test it out. It's yeah. it's important for us too, you know, as as the owners and kind of the leaders within the, within the business, we, we need to know what's being offered there. It's not my primary pr- prerogative to bring in new content. James actually does a lot of that. Uh, Ryan kind of takes care of more of the in-house tech stuff, but I test it out um, and I have some fun um, and I can definitely understand the allure of people loving gaming. I'm not a big gamer myself. Uh, to me, the game of life is just fascinating enough you know and and then trying to build a business I, I love that stuff you know the mechanics of a business and all the working parts and how one thing fits into the other and you know you've got potential to grow here and maybe not grow here and I guess that's kind of the same thing as a game right like do I go down this tunnel or this tunnel and which weapon do I arm myself with and so um, I guess I am a gamer just just not so much a video gamer Fair enough. Okay, so uh, what would kind of a franchisee expect their typical sort of day to look like as a franchisee with with Control V? Well, I mean, uh, you know, people people don't know Control V yet. We're not a massive notable brand. Um, and what's even more difficult is they don't really know virtual reality yet. Mm-hmm. That's part of our mission is to expose VR to the masses, make it accessible so that it can be used for a number of other things, including medicine and training and therapy and all, all these other benefits. So a franchisee isn't just going in and operating the business. They're helping us grow the business. Essentially, we're, we're business partners. They're taking care of their responsibilities responsibilities as a location owner and we're taking care of our responsibilities as a franchisor. So they're in there operating for sure. You know, weekdays we don't open until about 3.30 in the afternoon. So they, they that's kind of what they're doing in their afternoon and their evening. But during the day, for all intents and purposes, it's free from the operations of their facility. But they still have to do the regular things like run payroll and whatever it is. But the key thing here is they've got to be getting out into the community. The number one form of marketing for us is word of mouth. And just having a place on the side of a busy road or in the back of a warehouse or whatever it is, isn't enough. That's just foot traffic. That's sort of passive above the line marketing. They've got to be out there. You know, they're not coming to Robert's, they're not coming to, you know, Control V on King Street. They're coming to Robert's VR joint. You know, like we know Robert, we're going to go hang out with him. He's, he's a buddy of ours. Um, you, 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 essentially become a local business owner. And that's what franchising really is. It's it's the local businesses owned by local people, employing local staff, servicing local customers. And so you've got to be out there in, you know, helping with different philanthropic and charity initiatives, uh, showing off your equipment. So the operational component of it is, is fairly easy. We've made it easy. There's a significant amount of training, but um, your day involves so much more. You're, you're really living out the mission of Control V. Okay. What do you think attracts uh, people to, to franchise with you and how do you think they find success? Well, I think the number one thing that attracts people to us is how unique we are. You know, you're not a, we're not another quick service restaurant or fitness concept. There's so many of them out there, um, but they're like, this is really cool. Like this, you know, there's video games here and there's experiences and I don't go home smelling like burgers and fries and the hours are pretty decent. Let, let me investigate this. And then when they try VR, which by the way, is incredibly difficult to explain in words. So anyone who's listening to this, you just have to absolutely go try it. Um, When they try it, they're like, all right, now I get it. There's no way anyone could dislike this. Um, I just need to get people 
into this, you know? So that's, I think generally what attracts them is this, this, this great unique business that, that people love, you know, but finding success, I'll tell you for sure. I mean, just like any other franchise concept, you've got to be process oriented. There's different processes that come back, come down from the franchise or marketing oriented. You've got to be a leader. Um, you know, you've got to have the grit and moxie, especially in, in our industry. Um, but for the most part, you've got to be kind of an outgoing community oriented person who's not afraid to get out there and try to pull people into your facility just to give it a shot. Okay. And so what kind of, what kind of challenges would a control V franchisee face, especially maybe as they're first getting started? You know what? There, I think there's a number of challenges and just like any franchisee of any franchise system, they face a lot of those, right? You know, you, you may want to be entrepreneurial and may want to change the system and the franchisor might say, you know, this isn't in line with our brand or whatever it is, you know, you've got a new Big Mac or something that you want to roll out. But for us, it's, it's definitely trying to get people in the door because like I said, people don't know virtual reality yet. And so we've got solutions to that, but most of the solutions require an outgoing personality. You know, we're not the 18 to 25 year old male gamer who sits in his basement and just plays Call of Duty all day and all night. You've got to be out there. And so a lot of people may be apprehensive about that. It can get exhausting, physically exhausting, as well as mentally or socially exhausting, uh, but you've got to get out there. And sometimes it's tough. Sometimes you get parents that come in and bring their kids in for birthday parties and they just sit there and you know that if that parent tries VR, they're going to love it. And they're going to come back with, with their family, their friends, their coworkers. They're going to come back on dates. But you got to get, get them in there to try it. So it, it requires some grit, like I said, to get through that stuff. A little, a little bit of resilience and, and hustle to kind of push your way. Yeah, I think there is that kind of the barrier of the unknown, right? People are unfamiliar with it, so they are hesitant to try it. But once they're, once they're in, they're in kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They, they don't want to get out there. Like, yeah, here's, here's all of my monies and uh, just let me keep killing these zombies. <laughs> okay. And so why is franchising a great opportunity for members of generation Z in particular? That's a great question. So Gen Z is a very unique generation. I have a, I have an entire slideshow and, and talk that I was that I was giving with Angela Cote about this. But to, to clarify, I think a lot of people mix Gen Z in with millennials. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like if you're younger than Gen X, which means you're born after 1980, you're kind of in the same but it's different, right? Millennials, which is what everyone kind of knows about. It's been the talk of the town for, for a number of years. They kind of cut off at in 1996. So anyone born after 1996, which is probably they're in their early 20s at the oldest right now, maybe the nine, nine to 20 year olds right now. They've got a very different mentality than, than millennials, or I guess sometimes they're called Gen Y, right? So Gen Z, um, they're, they kind of understand that, that work is work. You know, they're not so much living for the dream. They're, they're a little bit more focused now on, on the money that they got to bring in. And this may even change a lot with the impacts of COVID-19, which we've gone through. You know, they may, may be experiencing the same sort of uh, struggles that generations before that had, maybe difficulty finding job, finding job or making income or whatever it is. Um, but they understand this, this idea of work, which is important in franchising. There's, there's less 
less sort of idealism and a bit more savings that come comes along with it. They're incredibly uh, data data analytical and they expect data to be accessible, which is the world we live in. And in a franchise system, when you've got a franchisor that's supplying all of the support and information, there's a ton of that, a lot of that. Now, one of the, the key triggers here is that um, Generation Z, uh, they love to mobilize around a cause. They love to really focus. It doesn't necessarily have to be a social cause. It could be an initiative. It could be a mission, right? So they'll set aside their differences to try to further that mission. And when you're in a franchise, you have a lot of different people and personalities, and you're able to come around and, and focus on growing that business. And so when you're a franchisor, I suspect this is probably one of the questions you're going to ask, but why is franchising great for, for Gen Z or why is uh, Control V kind of franchising is Gen Z, uh, you know, their, their predecessors, the millennials will be like, I do not like my workplace. I do not uh, like my society. I do not like my government. I'm going to move and I'm going to try to change it. I'm going to do something to change it. With Gen Z, for them, if they don't like it in particular, they're not going to bend to it they will just not accept it. They'll say, this is not where I'm going. I'm gonna go somewhere else where it's in line with my core values. When you're talking about a franchise, there's a lot of emphasis put on core values. There's a lot of emphasis put on um, the mission and very often now because of the influence that millennials had, uh, what the mission is going to do to change the world. And so now there's all of these opportunities within these different franchise systems as to how this person in Gen Z can fit right within that. And you've got all the support from the other franchisees that think that encourage that and build that community. Okay. So great. There's <laughs> a whole bunch. I hope I answered your question there. <laughs> no, it is, it is interesting to me as a, as a millennial, I guess I would be classified as to, to kind of hear more about, you know, what the difference between Gen Z and, and millennials. I think, yeah, people just assume any young person is a millennial. So it is interesting yeah. to hear kind of, how, how they differ and, and what we can maybe expect as they more enter the workforce. So what kind of support uh, would Control V have to offer? I mean, the thing about these younger, you know, entrepreneurs is perhaps they wouldn't have the same kind of experience. What support can you, can you provide to them to kind of help them get started? Well, I'll tell you, we provide just buckets and buckets and buckets of support. And we have been told multiple times that we should charge a higher franchise royalty for the amount of support that we provide. But in, in, for the most part, you name it, we've got it. We, you know, whether it's it's a phone call and there's some sort of technical issue, whether you need somebody to brainstorm with, we've got all of the manuals and troubleshooting guides you can imagine, videos, tutorials, all that sort of stuff, webinars, um, an expansive network of people that we can tap into for advice and, and things like that, which I think is very important specifically for Gen Z because as a consumer, whenever they're, they're buying something, even buying a franchise, they're always looking for value added you know like I said earlier data is everything and they want to make sure that there's value added to what they're doing and support is one of the ways a franchise or can do that so we, we kind of offer like a tiered component you know if, if you're looking I mean during the training and, and you know getting you up and running and, and keeping you profitable and, and encouraging your mindset and all that sort of stuff we're always there being supportive but we kind of offered like a bit of a tiered support program if, if you just need like a hotline to call hey yo listen 
my computer isn't working or yo, I don't know what to do to take advantage of this marketing opportunity here. Okay, we'll give you a hand. But we've also got a bit more of an active support uh, opportunity, which is in the form of coaching. So they can engage an actual small business coach that keeps them accountable, that keeps a lot of the, the, the conversations that they have hyper-focused. It's long-term and it's a little bit more active in, in their growth, you know? Has your support program changed over perhaps the past six months or so in terms of different needs for, for franchisees? I think so. And, I, and I'm guessing when you say the past six months, you're <laughs> specifically implying the, the nature of what COVID has done, right? Yeah. yeah. So being a very data-based company and a technology company, a lot of times we were kind of like, okay, well, here's all this stuff. Just deploy it. But there's, there's a human factor in business. There's a human factor in franchising. And when you saw the initial impacts of COVID in, in March and April, um, to me, it was staggering how the greater population, not just business owners, but everyone isn't mentally resilient to troubled times, you know, things get bad. And I noticed that a lot of people weren't like, okay, how can we leverage this? Or how can we get through this? Or how can we push forward? Or things will go move on, you know, there's all these different stages of grief, and they were always stuck in the, the fear stage or the, the denial stage, and they never really moved on to acceptance. So as I saw this, I said, listen, we have to provide some guidance through these stages of grief to our friends franchisees. So a lot of the support that we started doing became a little bit more softer content versus harder content, you know, things to, to help them increase their mindset, to help them get through, to take advantage of this slow time where they can build their business to become greater. And it's difficult to explain that sort of stuff. You know, it's a lot of people be like, oh yeah, kumbaya, hug me, give me a high five and everything will be good. But no, it's, it's not. There's, there's, a, there's a lot that goes into that. Well, that's great. Okay. And getting back to the to the Gen Z a bit, what kind of advice would you would you offer to any people in Gen Z who are considering franchising? Well, I think um, the advice that I would give to anyone considering franchising, including Gen Z, is that I love it. I think it's awesome. <laughs> franchising is my favorite. <laughs> uh, no, but you know what. I think a lot of people have a desire to be an entrepreneur. I mean, that's, that's the dream, right? A lot of people work for another company and they're always like, I'm going to start my own thing or eventually I'll do that. Not for everyone. Some people prefer the security, but for the, I think for the vast majority of people that would like to be entrepreneurs that haven't taken that step, it's because they don't have the idea that they can execute on. They may have a few things. Oh yeah. It'd be nice to have one of these apps or one of these things. Um, can I execute? Do I know how to execute? If I execute, will I have money to do it? Like there's, there's a lot of risk here. When you enter a franchise system, you have an opportunity to be an entrepreneur. You're going into business for yourself, but not by yourself. And as a result, all the quirks of starting a business that, that you may be apprehensive about dealing with, they've already been worked out. So you're entering a, a system that's, that's gotten you over the hurdle. And now you can become an entrepreneur without as much stress as if you were creating a startup from scratch. And for Gen Z, like I said, that's incredibly valuable because they're always looking for value added. You know, when, when, they're, when they're getting involved in something like a franchise system, what value am, am I going to have to do this again? Like, do I have to find all my suppliers and all this sort of stuff? No, there's value added to that. And, uh, and just with the nature of our times, a lot of businesses, including non-tech businesses, are starting to become more technology progressive, which is important to Gen Z's. 
And kind of as you've, as you've built this franchise, are there any things that you know now or you've learned that you kind of wish you had known when you first started out? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what? I, I think one of the big things, well, first of all, I will say that there is a number of things I have learned. I, I have a lot of experience in business, um, but no experience in franchising when I started this. And so everything that I learned over the la- course of the last four or five years has been to develop my skill set in franchising. And the biggest thing that I learned, and this goes out mainly to all franchisors out there, is whatever your business is, a virtual reality arcade, a pizza joint, you know, a spin class, your days of operating in that realm are over. You're no longer a VR arcade owner. You're not dealing with the suppliers that are going to be bringing in you more games or replacing your hardware or trying to figure out employee guidelines and HR principles and all that sort of stuff. That's done. As a franchisor, you are now 100% in the people industry. You've got to have staff to take care of the, the model and making sure that everything's running. But you as the franchisor, you're in, in it for the people. You know, there's people that have invested their life savings in order to buy into your dream, which has now become our dream. And you've, you've got to be there with them. They're essentially business partners. If you were creating a brand new startup, you know, building some app, would you totally ignore your business partner or would you be meeting with them every day? What's the next thing we do? Developing a relationship. I think that's the most important thing I've learned over, over the course of franchising and COVID-19 has definitely reinforced that. Mm-hmm. So how, how was Control V impacted by, by COVID-19 and, and how have you adapted? Well, <laughs> I, I will tell you that everything came to a screeching halt, mm-hmm. 100%. Every one of our locations, whether they were corporate locations, rev share locations, franchise locations, they were shut down. And there was no method to pivot the business. This could not be a mobile business because there was no interaction. You know, physical distancing at that point wasn't six feet apart in a mask. It was, you do not leave your house. Maybe we'll let you have a bubble of five people later on. Um, renting out the equipment was not uh, something that we could pivot because it's very expensive equipment. Uh, the rental cost uh, would have to be affordable for people to afford. But um, if there's anything damaged, you know, you couldn't replace it for that rental cost. So it was, it was almost like developing an entire business model. And to do that and go through the testing, you have to have a really dismal outlook of the future and the nature of how long COVID's going to last. So what we had to do is we had to reconvene with all of our franchisees. I mean, obviously try to build their mindset, but from a business standpoint, do some significant cash flow analysis so we can understand how each location and so that they can understand too how long they can last using their current cash reserves and did depending on what government support they have, whether their landlords opted into the rent relief or not, whether they were, you know, uh, approved for SIBA. Uh, so there's a number of factors. Once they knew and we knew how, how long each location could last, we, we were able to create a strategy on what to do next. But m- most of the strategy was, you know, hashtag the great return. We still had to stay closed. So what happens when we open? And have you reopened? Yeah. 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 So we've been open for about, ooh, at time of recording of this podcast, probably about two months or so fully open, maybe two and a bit. Yeah, so we've re- reopened and um, we're, we're trekking along where we're doing business. We still haven't rebounded to the same level as we were pre-COVID. But I think a, a lot of that, uh, you know, a lot of our stumbling blocks during COVID were mainly government-based. You know, there was a very, very 
poor deployment by the government of the support systems. Um, there was a lot of mix up. We were actually should have opened in stage two, um, but our regional chair mis mixed up the legislation and, and got, got us to open in stage three. So there was, uh, that was our hurdle while we were closed. Now that we are open, our hurdle is more so battling with consumer mindset. It's not the COVID-19 disease. Um, it's not the government. They've kind of gone quiet. They've said, we've, we've deployed whatever else we're deploying, but it's people. You know, are they still terrified? Are they, are they reading the, the appropriate news? Are they reading something too positive or too negative? You know, what, you know what's their mindset? That's, that's kind of what we're, we're up against at this moment. Mm -hmm. And I guess you probably previously, I'm assuming previously had some, some pretty uh, intense protocols in terms of cleaning equipment and all those things. So maybe not too many adjustments in terms of franchisees having to adapt oh, yeah. procedures, except, you know, obviously ramping them up, but it's, you would have had some experience with that to not put a whole other stressful thing on the hands of franchisees. Totally. Yeah. We were, we were washing hands before it was trendy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but in all seriousness, because of the nature of our business, we have had to and still are be very, very, very clean. Mm -hmm. Everything is cleaned and how the business is set up is set up for physical distancing. So we are probably one of the most COVID compatible businesses on the market. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, with the exception of us not really being essential, uh, we could have probably opened in stage one because of the fact that everything is clean so heavily. There's physical distancing, everything. We are a safe place we just did we had some celebrities come in and they said this the, you know in all the places i've been throughout covid19 this is the safest i felt so i'm, I'm super proud of that oh, that's great okay and what would you say kind of the the biggest learning you you took away from from the covid experience was Oh, mindset, 100% mindset. Mm -hmm. If you're not there, if you're panicking, you know, like just doing stuff, right? If, if you've got to sanitize every vegetable that gets delivered to you through a third party delivery service and sit there and worry about that process, not because you, you have to do it because you're like, your mindset isn't there. You're not going to rebound. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't care how many different excuses and reasonings and, and notices and all this sort of stuff I get. If your mindset isn't there, you're not going to rebound. Your life isn't going to rebound. Your health isn't going to rebound. Your, your business isn't going to rebound, you know, go through that denial and fear period, but move on to acceptance, plan what you're going to do next, plan how life is going to change or maybe not change plan what, how your business is going to deploy different marketing techniques. If you sit there and cry, you're not going to get any sympathy from me because everyone's in the same boat. <laughs> Fair enough. And how do you, how do you personally stay, stay motivated through, through all of this and, and remain that kind of pillar for everybody else? Well, you know what? A few, a few uh, years ago, maybe one or two years ago, I created a playlist on Spotify called Robert Brewski's Shower Mix. And it is every single song that you really want to sing to, but are embarrassed to do that in public. And therefore you do it in the shower. <laughs> uh, and it is incredibly uplifting and happy and, and energizing music. So I put that on and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Today's gonna be a freaking awesome day. Let's kill it. Fair enough. I, I put together a, a nostalgia playlist at the start of the pandemic and just brings okay. you back to all those happy songs and just similar yeah. kinds of songs. I think sure. some of them. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know what? When 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 words can't when words can't describe something, music speaks. It's it's one of the most universal languages out there, and it can totally change your mood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially when you you can't get out and hang out with everybody. <laughs> music is a nice option. So what would you say your proudest achievement or accomplishment is with Control-V? 
making it through COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I think that the fact that we went up against, against all odds, nobody really believed in us in this business and this technology is a huge achievement. The fact that we did that being the first and the pioneers is a massive achievement. The fact that we are now the largest in the world is a huge achievement. But recently, the fact that we made it through COVID, and I know I kind of said that as a joke, is a massive achievement for us. Because when you look at the virtual reality um, arcade space, a number of the small mom and pop shops they had to close. The big guys, like the big guys that have hundreds of millions of dollars, they had no idea what they were doing to begin with. And they came to us for consulting services and we're like, you guys are doing this all wrong. And as soon as the pandemic hit, they're like, we're done. They've closed up their, their businesses. They filed for bankruptcy. And little old us here are like, well, we made it through, which is testimony to a greatly formulated business model, you know, recession proof, not quite pandemic proof, but I think just our planning made us make it through this pandemic. But that is that is massive. Uh, you know, if if you do any research and you take a look at the the size and caliber of these international companies that have folded up their VR operations because you just didn't know what they were doing from the beginning, that's that's incredible. That's something I'm incredibly proud of of our system, our team, everyone. Do you have any kind of interesting stories or memories with, that you've had so far that you kind of want to share? Oh my gosh, we've had so many, so many stories. I mean, we, we did some work with a, with a big theater chain here in Canada and they're like, listen, come set up an arcade here. And we got out there and they, they only gave us one plug and into this plug, we had to rotate whether we had lighting. So we're not doing any drilling in the dark or powering the drill. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're like, ah, how are we going to do this? There was no internet. So it's just like, please build us an arcade. We're like, you guys are nuts. So there's, there's been a number of things. We had um, competitors sort of try to sneak into our arcades and find out some of the secret sauce on how we're, how we're getting our cost of goods sold so, so low and, and fruitful for, from a B2B standpoint. It, it honestly, feels like every day is exciting there's something new going on right where we, we win awards we interact with a lot of people meeting some incredible people in the franchise industry it's kind of like you sort of have to jump on board and become a control v franchisee to really see what's going on plug 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 <laughs> <laughs> on a bit of a i guess a, a lighter note um so we mentioned kind of the music is there anything you've been reading or any like netflix shows you've been binge watching what have you kind of been Keeping, how you been keeping busy through these past few months? Oh my gosh, right. So, I mean, I love music. In addition to Control V, I own a music production company. Okay. So we would put on live shows and we've switched to vir uh, virtual shows. So there's a lot of that stuff in there, representing artists, uh, listening to music, writing music, recording music. I kickbox. So I, I go out and go kickboxing. I play competitive billiards. I run. Um, there's just a, a ton of stuff. I play competitive basketball. I'm in a rock band. You name it. You know, I'll watch Netflix. I'll watch Amazon Prime. You know, there was all the big, big shows that were huge during COVID-19. The Last Dance, Michael Jordan, uh, the, the Tiger King, right, with Carol Baskin. Um, <laughs> Uh, the the Ozarks that came out too. So um, I keep I keep super busy. There's lots going on, and people are always like, "Yo, man, you must not sleep. You must just not sleep." And I and I always kind of say to them, you know, you'd be surprised at the amount of sleep I get. I get six, seven, eight hours a lot of the time. It's not about how much how long I'm awake. It's about what I do with the time that I'm awake. You know, when you come home from work, you don't sit there and crack open a beer and watch Game of Thrones. You're like, all right, on to the next thing. Let's make some awesome stories. 
Sounds like you've got some pretty good time management skills then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I guess so. Um, all right. Is there, is there anything else you wanted to, to talk about or to add? Any last um, words of wisdom for our listeners? Words of wisdom. Yeah. For anyone out there who's, who's an entrepreneur, whether you're starting a small startup or a small business, or you're a franchisor or you're a franchisee or anything in the entrepreneurial realm, the biggest thing I would sort of uh, mention is that time is finite. You know, if, if you're young, if you're in your 20s, get rolling on your ideas and your passions. You know, if you're in your 40s or 50s, get rolling. There's, you, there's always going to be excuse. Yeah, maybe I'll start that next week or next week. But once you do get rolling and you get to a point where you're comfortable, you're like, well, you know what? I should have done this sooner. Everyone says that, you know, so, so do it. There's, there's, no, there's no reason to wait. Just, just kill it. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much. Awesome. All right. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more franchising resources, including how-to articles, expert advice, franchisee success stories, and franchise opportunities, visit franchisecanada.online. You can also learn more about franchising at cfa.ca and can connect with specific franchise opportunities at lookforafranchise.ca.